lot. I think I just want to start this off casually by um, being like, what gives, you know? Oh. You're, you, you got the root. You, you got the root jam finalists all picked out, but I, I don't know. Kyle and I weren't contacted about the pink moss protectorate. What what happened? Defend is, yourself, John. This is awkward. <laughs> Very awkward. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I promised myself I wouldn't just hang up and run away. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Let's talk about let's talk about the pink moss protectorate. First of all, I have to start off with this. Freaking slods. Yes. <laughs> why why is there not a sloth faction and i mean the crows they score slow enough i mean is the sloth really going to be that much slower come on let's be honest right i'll tell you what so one of the things that we did when we were testing like we literally sat them on a board like obviously mm -hmm. a tts board we set it up in tts with a basically a four player game and we would just kind of go through each of the turns just to kind of see how they interacted with everything i had a really hard time figuring out the difference between that buildup to the great awakening like I, I had a hard time getting to the great awakening meaning wasn't oh, okay. exactly sure how to make that how to make that work um mm -hmm. and so i think that was a big piece of really any of the factions is it it had to kind of just flow naturally which really i think kind of creates a little bit of a disadvantage for any of those factions that had a lot of really complicated pieces to it especially in there not that yours did but i think it's fair to say ours did we kind of designed two factions <laughs> at the same time <laughs> um yeah i think that if there's a note that i agree with i think that convoluted could have been it you know <laughs> what yeah. do you think kyle yeah i think that's reasonable um <laughs> yeah uh so bot bot john Welcome to Woodland War Machine. Uh, we want to make sure we get this intro in, but uh, you are <laughs> the host of a just a total gem in the Root community, and that's Weird Root. Uh, but not only that, you're a tournament organizer, uh, you're a competitive Root player, and, uh, and now you're like a Twitch streamer. D did I miss <laughs> any of your uh, hyphens there? Uh, all those, all the, well, one of those is true. Uh, I can I can discredit every single one of them except I do have to plead guilty to being a Twitch streamer. <laughs> I, have two, yeah. I have two a week, and one of them is Weird Root. Uh, outside of that, not much. But um, yeah, I love Weird Root. It's weird. Um, yeah, I was gonna say yeah, like what, Papa? <laughs> what drew you to Weird Root? You know, with all the uh, for those of you who don't know, Weird Root is usually fan content. Uh, is that is it exclusively fan content, Papa? It's not exclusively fan content, but it's been where we've had the most fun. Okay, cool. Yeah, so, I, I've noticed you guys are just trying to find weird games of Root, and oftentimes that'll involve uh, adding some fan content in. So what, what drew you to that? Well, since I've started playing Root, especially in Woodland Warriors Discord, like when I started playing LFG games there, the thing that I was constantly looking for was competitive players like I, I wanted to play the best of the best I, like i wanted every game of root i played i wanted it to be like just the highest level of play possible and so it was all about how do i find the players and without being rude to everybody else be like okay you're a really good player why don't you come into my secret coven of root players that are really good <laughs> and then at the same time feeling like am i good enough for the group that i created and feeling like that and so weird root originally started as this idea of like i just want to get really good players who are to the point where they're kind of done just 
sort of going through the strategic motions of what root is and like let's let's really push the boundaries of what root can do and it's slowly evolved and it's continuing to evolve but it's turned into more more focused on the fan content that's out there because there's so much and that sort of got skyrocketed with root jam 2021 with you know with a fan faction competition you know we want to start showcasing a lot of the stuff that's in there especially now that almost all of it none of none of the root jam stuff but everything well not everything but there's so much fan content that's in the mod and it's like all this stuff is in there for us to play with like let's play with it and it's easy to set up you don't have to do all these awkward like okay what color are you going to be and what color are you going to be like it's all done <laughs> shout out to s and slugface killer for bringing that to life for all of us root fans it's just amazing i'm sure you yeah. have uh experienced it so far i hope you're not playing on the old table oh so smooth it is just it's like butter it's amazing yeah also i love the choice of bringing so much fan content in there because it isn't just a matter of clicking like two extra buttons to get all (laughs) the fan content and that's just amazing yeah and if you don't want it you can exclude it it's it's very well designed in that sense and my favorite part of all like i of all the features that exist in that mod my favorite is that the dominance card slides to the slot automatically oh, when you put it in the discard oh, pile. It is I didn't even realize the that. the best like, little bit of scripting that anyone could have ever yeah. asked for. It is so nice to not have to fish that out. <laughs> Literally on the stream, somebody put it where it's supposed to go, and I'm like, no, 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 stop. You have to put it on the discard pile, just so I can watch it slide <laughs> into its slot. It was funny. Oh, but it's that so was, satisfying. That's the best feature. Uh, Bop Bot, have you made a fan faction or any fan content? I have not, but I have an idea. And I think that that's as good as a faction board. My, the one that I want is the <laughs> Beaver Bureaucracy. Ooh. Uh-huh. So All the, right. the, the Beaver Bureaucracy, they go around clogging up the rivers. Like, all they do is impede <sighs> movement. Right. Every, totally. Everything that they do slows you down. Not necessarily, like, slows down your economy, but it just... The beavers make everything more difficult somehow. I don't know yeah. how. Red tape. But I, yeah, I just I started with the name and I was like, I have a couple of ideas and I have spent literally zero time developing that idea into actual mm-hmm. content. But um, that's my somebody steal my idea. Somebody take my idea, run with it, and I won't even take any credit for it. I'll just take credit as inspiration. Yeah, and I, I honestly, this is just so inspiring. I'm I, coming to mind. I'm like, what if you could like reroute the river? Right, 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 right. It's your or bureaucracy. Like, eat some of the forest or something, you know? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I think there's a lot, lot, lot in that beaver bureaucracy idea. Yeah, you build a den, but like only in clearings where the river is. Yeah, I mean, dam- obviously you're building dams. Dams are your buildings. It's just what do the dams do? I don't know. Well, that's for someone to decide. Uh, I was wondering, uh, Bot Bot, if you had a favorite... First of all, a favorite normal root faction, then a favorite fan faction. Well, I definitely have. It's so hard to pick a favorite root, like official faction. I mean, yeah. I love the crows mm-hmm. for real. Like I was, I was one. I, I mean, Nebuchadnezzar, he obviously took that to a whole new level. Like I, <laughs> I was out there standing like with my rah rah for the crows, and then he was like standing in front of me with a two hundred foot billboard, going, "No, no, no! I love the crows." I'm like, "Fine, you can have it." <laughs> You can be the crow guy. 
I just had a big conversation with Nev about the Crows, and he said he's not the best Crows player. He's just the loudest one, <laughs> yep, and I think yep, that makes yep. sense. Yeah. I still think he is the best Crows player, but I mean, really, what does that even mean? Like, what's a, what's a good Crows <laughs> player? Like, sure, yeah. I could lose just as fast as any of them. <laughs> yeah. uh, but my favorite fan faction actually is uh, belongs to SP Shaman, whose name we'll be talking about with Root Jam. Uh, his, mm-hmm. his skunk faction. It's just oh. the most darling little thing. It's, so it's these skunks, and they found a broken down cannon. And so oh. the skunks, they're toting, and the visuals of it is just amazing. So they're toting this cannon around the forest, and they shoot into other clearings, and that's how they initiate, initiate battles. So they're, they're in one clearing, but they shoot across the, the, down the path at another clearing, and it's, it's not an exactly a battle, but it's, it sort of a- operates like a battle. And it's just, and then they have to go get their cannonball. They have to go pick the cannonball up to put it back into the cannon. <laughs> and then they have these these stink tokens that whenever there's two in a clearing at the end of their turn then they generate stink by having two skunks in a clearing and that stink creates other animals from having to leave that clearing at the end of their turn so if you end your turn where there's stink then you have to leave which is which creates this really interesting almost bonus movement for a lot of factions where they can get their pieces where they want by using the stink as a motivator. And it's just the way that the, the skunks interact with everything is just so freaking do- adorable. And uh, that's, that's my favorite fan faction. Wow, that sounds really cool. It sounds like that creates like a lot of churn on the root board, like get, kind of mixing all the factions up and getting people into clearings they otherwise would not be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very cool. It sounds, yeah, it sounds like a, a faction that's that lends itself to some entanglement. Yeah, we've played twice with them on the stream, and one time they bursted like seven, eight points to win, and like they just blew us out of the water. But then when I played them, I think everybody already knew that they were a little bit they need to be look be on the lookout, and so I yeah. got blasted blasted about mid game where I just couldn't do anything. I got my cannon got damaged. When your cannon gets oh. damaged, you gotta you gotta repair it, and it's a whole big thing. I love that it's just a a couple squirrels with a or a couple. Uh, skunks with a cannon that's hilarious yeah yeah it's uh, so fantastic <laughs> Baba, do you have a favorite map i just i don't i don't want to take heat for this but i'm gonna wow. say it so i just i mean like everybody put your pitchforks down yeah lake map lake map i like that yeah. choice <laughs> a lot of people uh don't love the lake map so much yeah that that is yeah, like a pretty remarkable choice i just because the lake map is like notoriously um fiddly and you know it has the the ferry which is this sort of object that lets you draw a card and zoom around the lake uh what draws you to the lake map bop bop it's it's so uh it's full of pockets like so you kind of have these really three pockets on there and they're kind of their own little ecosystems and good players on the lake map have to figure out how to go from one ecosystem to the next, but also still control their own ecosystem. And it's just, there's so many, what, there's three choke points, I think, on that map as well. So, um, and crows do really well on the lake map because they benefit from their ability to move around easily and quickly. Uh, Plus the the raft obviously gives them extra cards, which they need. So Mm -hmm. crows are great on the lake map. So that's, another reason why i like the lake map so much but just, I, also people hate it 
So, or it's the least favorite. They don't hate it. Yeah. It's their least favorite. And so that draws me to it. Yeah, that's yeah. quite... I also feel like it, it's the, the map that people practice on the least. Yeah. And it has the kind of highest chance of generating, like, a, a game state that nobody is comfortable in or familiar <laughs> with. And yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's like, if you if you find yourself in those kind of board states doing well, then Lake Map is definitely a good choice. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, of course, the guy who runs Weird Root is going to love the lake map. We shouldn't be surprised. <laughs> yeah, I guess that does make some sense. Now, Bob Bat, I, I, for whatever reason, I associate the term entanglement, this concept that we've talked about a bunch in, in our podcast uh, about Root. I, I associate that with you. And I don't know if that's just like I'm making stuff up or like what, what's your relationship with that term and that concept? I, well, I take credit for being the first person to have ever used it to describe the interactions in Root, which isn't actually true, but I was very vocal about how, oh yeah, I was the one that was talking about Entanglement. Like I'm, I'm vocal about claiming that credit. Uh, okay. uh, so that's probably why you associate it with me. Um, but I, it's one of the pieces of Root and a lot of other games that it's, it's like the central thing that if a game has it, I'm going to be attracted to it. And yeah, I think Root is one of those games where there's, sort of a divide or maybe there's a um, sort of a benchmark that you get to is that you you get into the heads down euro style of root which is sort of like i'm i'm optimizing my faction to its fullest potential uh-huh. until it's time to interact with the others oh look there's another person over there i should go interact with them whereas entanglement sort of this idea that i'm already on my first turn planning about based on the factions that are in the game how do i need to slow them down how do i need Mm -hmm. them to help prop me up and how do i disguise all that how do i lie about how strong i am and their ability to kind of see what i'm doing and it's this is it's like all the curtains are up and we can see everything behind the stage and it creates this really interesting dynamic where you have to embrace it for it to work. I think that's that's the biggest thing with entanglement is if you don't embrace, it's not just going and stopping the leader or even forming little collusion pockets here and there in the game. It's it's really about embracing the idea that we're all invested in this game together and how we get to the end as the winner is completely dependent on everybody else at the table. Perfect mm-hmm. example, uh, Svalfish in the SCPT, was it the finals? When uh, Swallfish played the moles, and you know that was at the peak of anti-mole meta, right? And he just got crushed because the table decided <laughs> to crush him. <laughs> uh, you know, he's really strong player and just got crushed. But that was sort of the meta, and they, I guess, the table on some level wasn't fully embraced in uh, entanglement because maybe there was an opportunity to say, well, we need the moles for X, Y, or Z. But anyway, that's why I love Root is because it just, it gives you so many opportunities to fail. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, so the the other kind of side of that coin too with entanglement is uh, if if it's one one player who's trying to go for this kind of interactive play and trying to like reach out and, and mess with the other factions, like one player alone is going to be left in the dust if three people are racing. Mm-hmm. But if you get three people all together who are like, yeah, we're going to go bash this faction right now. Like, I feel like that does kind of entangle the whole board in a weird way. Because, like, the the decision to interact affects who's making that choice and the faction that's being interacted with, whether they like it or not. 
So I think and the ones is, who aren't making that choice, to right. be honest. <laughs> is is there a way to like force interaction in a game of root? Is that advisable or like what what's is entanglement just something that has to organically arise or or is there a way to engineer that? I don't think it organically arises as much as it it requires that everybody recognize that it's part of what makes the game great. Like I embrace it because it makes the game better. Um, you know, so when yeah. there's constant talk about balance in the root factions, and especially like when you're talking about moles or the vagabond, that's what makes the game interesting. Is that we all know how strong the vagabond is, and we've all seen it happen over and over again. Where no matter how hard you feel like you kick them, they still seem to win, and that creates this situation where you have to figure out who's going to hit the vagabond the most. Like if you hit them, then you're sacrificing some of your position. And if you let everybody else do it and then they don't do it, then the Vagabond gets stronger and you're having to navigate that. And that's what I love about it is that it's really about understanding the dynamics that are happening as they're happening and trying to figure out how to... So you associate entanglement with me, but I associate the power vacuum. That turn uh, is one that Garrick talks about all the time. You know, I don't think it was his idea originally, but he's certainly the biggest advocate for making sure that we understand what's happening because every time you if you weaken the moles you create a power vacuum and what does that do to the rest of the table does that yeah. does the cats do the cats benefit from that do the otters benefit from that right and so on and so um yeah it's like in a war between two factions often there's a third faction that is secretly secretly the real winner yeah exactly and being able to recognize that as you're looking at the board state is a really difficult thing to do but part of the challenge that I love about root is it's, it's always, it's always evolving that meta. Even within a single root game as well. Like uh, public enemy number one at the beginning of the game can like, you could be like desperately pleading for them to help you out later on. You know? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Maybe they don't have incentive to help you because you know, <laughs> they remember when you ended their chances. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause if you're out in front and you help the, the guy that's on the bottom, then that also creates, I don't know, it, it could create them. Now you've propped them up. Now they come after you as the leader and looking for their chance to win. Mm. Um, there's just, there's so many ways that it can end <laughs> and it's hard to know how it will end. Yeah, some factions benefit way more by being the faction to come, to come deal with a problem, yeah, yeah. right? That's what makes this game so good is, especially, you're right, Baba, when it's entangled, the game just shows you richer options mm -hmm. and that kind of like cooperation and mix between people uh, really makes the game. Yeah, shine. absolutely. And I think the more that I play it, the more that shows through. And I don't know if that's true for everybody, yeah. but like it's one of those games where the more you play it, the better it gets. It's so weird. Yeah, I, I do. I, I think that too. I think, you know, there was a lot of talk. I remember a few months ago that like root was better while you're learning it. Like it's more interesting to learn the game than it is to play the game. And I just disagree so much. I do think it's fun to discover root, but there is more discovery to be had once everyone's at a certain level and mixing it up. Yeah. I like to think about it in terms of like, if I could go back and learn a game for the first time, cause just like the experience of learning that game root wouldn't be that I want, I want to, I want to be where I'm at now where yeah. I'm advanced. I know what's going on. I, I know the rules. I can watch a game. I can play a game and, 
and really shine. I can I can just shine in that game. It's a lot of fun to do it that way as opposed to like the awkwardness of learning root. Yeah. A hundred percent. I don't miss the days of being told, actually, you can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Miss that. Um, so, Papa, with, with kind of all this in the back of your head swimming around, um, does, does that play into, you know, the factions that you enjoy um, playing as, the, like fan factions you enjoy playing as? Like, do you love the... Uh, fan factions that kind of lend themselves to getting into like a messy entanglement situation with the board? I don't think about that as much. I think it's more about design sophistication. So like if you look in the Woodland Warriors Discord, or I'm not, not the Woodland Warriors, but the Woodland War Machine Discord, Garrick was talking about how, you know, the birds are just a masterpiece of a design, but the crows are a second behind that. They're just not statistically as successful <laughs> as as right. the Eerie. And I really appreciate those really smooth, elegant designs. You know, Woodland Alliance is another one like that where the entanglement is sort of built into their design. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the things that a lot of fan content suffers from is it just hasn't been trimmed and pruned down to the really the key pieces of of what makes it what it is. And I think when when your mechanics unleash the identity of the chosen animal... I think that's when that's when you're on to something. And that like that's what resonated with the skunks for me was it just most actually 100% of it was the visual of these little tiny skunks scurrying around the forest pushing a giant cannon around. That's actually what really unleashed that faction for me was that. So yeah. to your original question, I don't really think about the entanglement as a component of the faction. It's more of a component of the game itself. The faction is really just a a piece in that puzzle. Oh, I love it. I love it. So uh, among fan created root content, there are more than just factions out there, right? Uh, There are a lot of, you know, factions that have been created, but there's, there's actually like an even bigger world of root fan creations. So Baba, I I wondered if you'd talk a little bit about like, what, what are some of your like favorite or like most inspiring creations aside from just like the pure factions? Well, I have to apologize to everybody who's not named Slugface Killa because I haven't seen or played with any uh, fan content that's not a faction outside of what he's done. And he has two maps at this point. And conceptually, they're just so great. And I think there's some mechanical adjustments that he admits need to be made to make them a little bit cleaner, a little bit slicker. But there's the Wastelands map, which represents the forest after hundreds or thousands of years of war, like it just mm-hmm. turns into a, a you know an apocalyptic wasteland. You know, it's it's represented in the art, it's represented in some of the mechanics, and then he's got the I don't remember the name the of the deep woods, the deep woods, woods the yeah, clear cutting mechanic that's going yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. So there's no yeah. clearings. I mean, there's clearings marked, but there's no established clearings on that map. And then you essentially kind of build the clearings and their suits as you yeah. as you move along and from a concept standpoint, that's just brilliant. And I have, I've only played on each of those maps once, twice on the Wastelands map. And so I haven't really gotten to taste the nuance that comes with both of them, but what a fantastic concept. And then of course he has two decks now. The most recent one is the dark deck. I don't think it's completely done. I think he's still tweaking some of the stuff on it, some of the language, whatnot. Um, But the dark deck is just insane. Like the, the art, I mean, and keep in mind, he's taking art from all over the internet and just 
dropping it in to Photoshop and like he's got these Frankenstein's monsters of art in all of his work and it's just it you can't even tell that he's just doctoring it all up and putting it on like there's what this there's a one card in the dark deck where there's a i think it's a rabbit with a uh, circular saw and a bone on it and there's blood flying off of it <laughs> it's just like okay appropriately named this is definitely the dark deck and you know there's yeah. so much art in there and there's just so much weird stuff that's going on inside that deck so yeah that's i think that's the thing that really inspired me to start focusing on fan content was his two maps, and I honestly haven't even looked at his factions hardly at all, other than what what he's like brought on to the show. Like he's a couple of his vagabonds have been out, but his maps and his decks are top choice, and they're in the mod, of course, because he he built the mod, so it's just it's halfway a self promotion right. tool for him. But sure. uh, there's no bigger fan of Slug than me, so I'm here to say that. Go on the record. Yeah, that that's awesome. I. I I I'm really curious about Marcus's master deck. Have you played with this, Bobot? I have. Yeah, it's it's a way of combining both the decks. I think you take out the favors and you add the partisans, and there's a couple cards that are cut from the list. But overall, I think it's like a 60 card combo of both the standard and the exiles and yeah, partisans. Yeah, kind of the greatest deck. hits <laughs> from ENP and yeah. the base deck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it, and I think that's. A really cool idea, and I think he took out. I think uh, Coffin Makers is out. Ooh, that's controversial. I, th- I can't remember. So if if I, if that's true or not true, you didn't hear it from me. But yeah, I I guess what's different about that is it's it's not as it doesn't embrace its own identity the way that say like the the dark deck does. Right. Um, right. But I still think people have been talking about that. It's just I'm surprised that nobody had ever done it, but he did it and. I think it's a great deck to play, but it sticks to the core of what Root is more closely than really any of the other fan content. Yeah, it's kind of just remixing um, already existing official content. Yeah. If we could offer a recommendation for a a map to try out, uh, Lord of the Board created a gorge map that has these kind of crisscrossing bridges. Uh, Super cool. I'd I'd recommend giving that a try. It's, It's awesome. Thank you for bringing that up because I totally forgot about how much I love that freaking map. It's just, it's so fun to play on. I, I, I'm tempted to print it out at home. I think it is one of the <laughs> smartest clearing layouts of any of the maps. And I like that this one doesn't have um, too many like extra rules. I think it serves the design mm-hmm. of that particular map really well. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of uh, of all the uh, cards in the deck, uh, Baba, do you have a favorite card? I don't. I don't. I guess I never thought of it. There is an There is a card. I think it's the the cover of the master deck. It's the one where like they're they're playing a game. Like they're obviously playing a game, and you can see little pieces out on the tree stump. And then there's I think a crow in the background who's looking all despondent. Um, I think <laughs> the art on that card is pretty fantastic. Probably the Eerie McGray or the Eerie McGeary. Yeah, I love that card. Especially when Exiles and Partisans first came out, I was like, this is the best card. <laughs> yeah. Um, Action economy I, efficiency. Here we come. Yeah. But now I'm now I'm a little bit more cautious about losing more years than I used to be. <laughs> I've grown older and more conservative in my root play. Oh, no. I started a 401k <laughs> for all my extra cats. I want to plug one thing, and that is... Because this is like this is the direction that Weird Root is heading, and this Thursday night we're taking the lowest possible reach factions, and we're just going to play them, and we're going to try. Like the whole idea behind Weird Root is to like test these 
limits and because normally you would do that and it'd be weird but or it wouldn't be weird it would be bad yeah but like i'm going into it like i want everybody sitting at the table to like embrace the idea that we may have to challenge what we think about a viable strategy for any one faction is simply for the sake of making this game work and that's kind of the question that we're trying to answer on every game is will this work yeah because it doesn't always work and i'm i think we can make this work but we all have to be bought into the idea that we need to make sure that we understand what's going on at all times right to see if this will work instead of just letting i don't know is it going to be the lizards that just take off and you can't stop them no matter what you do or right yeah so what's the matchup it's lizards woodland alliance crows and and the otters Otters. i think um we would i think doing five with the vagabond would make the most sense Mm -hmm. um i think if you put a vagabond in there there's just no way those three other factions can police the vagabond like the vagabond would literally have to just not do as well on purpose right to make it work (laughs) there's so much cardboard but the otters are strong enough that you have to you have to starve them like it's not an option for you to buy services from them like you're going in order for you to slow them down you're going to have to literally make them make them get their own otters every single turn instead (laughs) of what you would normally do which is oh no i can sneak a card because that i think that shoots them into the stratosphere in that matchup so anyway they, yeah that's sort of the, the the approach that weird root is starting to take on and that includes fan factions also yeah that's great and that's that's every thursday on your twitch channel right bot bot yeah thursdays at 8 30 p.m central well there's a a special event on your twitch coming up which we got to touch on which is the 2021 oh, yeah. root jam finals Bop-bop, will you tell us a little bit about what Root Jam is? I think we touched on it a little bit, but what Root Jam is, what inspired it? Yeah, and I'll have to speak on behalf of SP Shaman. Mm-hmm. Uh, SP is really the one that started it. Uh, you know, he, He's actually the one that designed the skunks that I love so much. And he really likes the fan community, the fan or the variant community on the Woodland Warriors Discord. And he just he wanted to do something big and he he also wanted to help a charity so he actually created a cre- he created a fund and has raised $800 so far half of that money is going to go to the winner of this contest and the other half of that money will go to a charity called Doctors Without Borders and so he wanted to take this thing and and encourage the variant channel to to kind of step out and get their work into the limelight into the showcase yeah of course i was never really a big variant guy i haven't done my own like i I like to complain about stuff but right actually creating (laughs) content who does that (laughs) overachievers but yeah so he he created it and then i joined on as a judge along with slugface killer and lord of the board also was helping us with the judging as well and so we got 20 submissions 20 factions came in and the theme was flipped upside down or flipped around, I think flipped around. So yeah. every faction really had some, we had some really cool stuff. Like even your pink moss protector, like the whole turn changed when you go into the great awakening and it flips. I just, that, that concept showed up in every faction and like even your warriors flipped, which was crazy. Yeah, we went crazy with implementing the theme. I think at the cost <laughs> of it making sense. We're like, everything has to flip. You have buildings, you have tokens, you have... Yeah warriors although the buildings don't flip so that's true you're right note taken bot bot note taken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we would we had a, a rubric that we went through and you know really 
Slugface is really the one that developed all of that in terms of like what should we actually evaluate like really thinking about did it did it even work like could you set it up did you know how to set it up could you follow the rules mm-hmm. um you know the what he calls the core seven fat or the core seven actions or the core seven things in mm-hmm. root which is your recruiting how do you move how do you battle how do you get buildings on the board how do you get tokens on the board uh your card economy or your interactions with cards um and then how you score points i hope that adds up to seven because i missed one if it doesn't so really just kind of evaluating like did they make sense? Did they tie into the theme? You know, was it, it's not really about being broken or underpowered. So we, right. we weren't really expecting any type of balance, but it was just like, how did the mechanics and the theme come together to tell us a succinct story of that animal? And the ones that, uh, the one, the ones that won, they just, they had the best score across all of those different categories, including like, how do you foil them? Like, can you, can you topple them if they get mm-hmm. too strong? Are right. they, you know, what kind of things can you do to slow them down? Uh, and then just sort of like, what's the extra little thing that they brought that was either different or unique or stood out or anything like that? And so I don't know if you want to hear who they are, if you want yeah. to hear a short description of each. Yeah, let's hear about the finalists. Okay. Yeah, so the first one I'll tell you about, it was designed by Jake. I don't know his name other than that. Not our Jake. No, no, yeah. <laughs> it's not. It's a different Jake. Uh, well, I guess I don't know that. You know that apparently, but yeah, yeah, it, definitely a different one. <laughs> they are the pig troop, so their whole thing is they're out there. They're trying to they're partying, and they're trying to get all the other animals in the forest to party too. To the point where they get wasted, <laughs> and they essentially don't add anything to the board anymore. Like they're they're just they're passed out and wasted in the in a clearing in the forest somewhere, and either the pigs or other factions can end up in that state. And there's a mechanic to help them get back together. <laughs> but I just, it was a really cool concept and it, it, it worked well. It was a lot of fun. That's funny. Uh, next we have uh, Esau's Invasion of the Tink Clones, which was wild because this is the only time I've ever seen this where you can flip flop the order of birdsong and evening. You can, you can flip flop it at any time. Whoa. Like in the like, you can be halfway through your bird song, and then there's an action you can take to flip it. So now you're going from evening to bird song, and oh. the interaction that that created was surprisingly strong. Although we did have one issue with they were incredibly hard to start. I think that they had these they had these thing these tokens that went down on the board that added like two extra hits whenever you battled them. Jeez. So like you could pile them up. Like it was just it was beyond broken. But you know that wasn't something that we were terribly concerned with but it the interactions themselves at their base level was was really interesting and then next we have lakodax and lajosu work together to create the upstart packaging service which it's the ups which how <laughs> clever is that and they're they use the same meeples as the crows or at least um in the version that was submitted to us right uh but basically they're they actually work a lot like the crows because they have four different types of packages that have four different types of effects on the other side and other players can claim those packages and collect the effect. And then they give, basically they give a card to the UPS for that. Wow. And just really some interesting stuff going on. That's so clever. I love that. The last one is the free leaders of the nest, which have this really ugly bird on it, but they have these oligarchs and essentially they have a, they have a board similar to the one that you guys did where the whole birdsong daylight evening switches when it gets flipped. Mm -hmm. And it just, they had some really 
cool stuff. That was done by Tilda Matilda. She goes by a couple of different things, but mm-hmm. very, very vocal. I think actually is a mod on the Woodland Warriors Discord. Oh, wow. In addition to mm-hmm. being a fan. Yep. So, yeah, so those are the four finalists. And the concept that we kind of did midstream with the finals was all four of them, they get a little bit of extra time to further develop their faction beyond what they submitted originally. So each of them has a chance to go back, make some adjustments, and then all four of them are playing in a game on this Monday, July 5th at four o'clock central, four o'clock PM central time, where they'll actually be there playing their own designs in a game that will have zero consequences in terms of who wins the game. So like we're not playing to see who wins the game as much as we just want to see them all together doing things and like we just want to see the the factions in action to kind of decide who won who won the design contest. Absolutely. And I think that's the best and really it's a great thing for other people to be able to sit in and watch too cuz I'm just I'm so excited to like just sit back and comment on the gameplay and different pieces of the factions and I we're going to release the factions before the finals so that way if people can go and look at them a little bit if they want to and uh, in their final version before before they get played so that way it's a little easier to watch a game when you know what the factions do at least on a basic level that's so and that's just going to be a couple days from now so yeah check it out july 5th 4 p.m central it's going to be on your twitch right bot bot yeah i i hate my twitch address because instead of o's in bot bot it's zeros mm-hmm. yeah. so <laughs> b0tt underscore i think so you'll figure it out (laughs) i'll link it yeah yeah just link it and people i i usually post um every week in the woodland warriors before i go live on thursday night so you'll usually be able to find my my link there great that's great and uh and so this is for uh a good cause as well raising money for doctors without borders bot bot it's been so great to to have you on the pod to kind of you know discuss fan creations weird root um, I, I have a, a question for you, kind of as we're closing it out here, which is, uh, in your kind of like wildest dreams, what's like a weird, what's like the ultimate weird root matchup that, that you could ever think of? <laughs> I mean, we just did it last week. It was, it really inspired a lot of like new ideas on the new direction, which was, uh, the scene from the Lord of the Rings where Frodo goes into the mountain and fights the spiders on the, uh, advice or direction of Gollum. Uh, called the Sirith Ungol. Uh-huh. And this is all Slugface Killer's idea, but we last week we did cats versus spiders versus spiders versus spiders <laughs> and a vagabond on the mountain map, <laughs> sort of as a as an homage to that scene. <laughs> cats were obviously Frodo. There were three different versions of spiders. So there were actually the original Arachnid Association, a rework of the original, so like the second, the 2.0, and then there were the... Uh, Mercy Spinners, which is another spider faction, all tangling together um, with a vagabond running around creating havoc as well. That was the weirdest that we've done so far, but I don't. I think we can get weirder. Wow. Yeah, I didn't think reenacting scenes from Lord of the Rings was going to be how you answered that question. That, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it's all slugface. That's amazing. Yeah, I'm very excited for the for the future of Weird Root. I think what you guys are doing over there is fantastic uh, for the community in terms of fan factions. But also, I just love that there's a dedicated weekly Root stream of anything because I just think that the more <laughs> yeah. content, the better. 
Well, thank you. I'm uh, I'm having a lot of fun doing it, and it's starting to get more and more. It's it's starting to tighten up a little mm -hmm. bit to where it's less amateurish. So it's starting to be a little bit more easy to watch. Yeah. Um, I'm, I keep trying to find ways to just make it make it better, be more aware of what's happening, and I'm even talking about with Slug talking about developing like faction guides for the fan stuff Ooh. because nobody's doing that and all this stuff is in the mod so like let's just do a quick 10 minute video on you know how to play the the skunks and then that way you can at least watch that video see if it's something that you might want to try and then throw it into your next game of root and all that stuff is in there let's use it i think that's a great idea for accessibility in terms of getting people pumped about the stuff that you already can play it's just i think that is a barrier yeah. for entry for a lot of people is it, it, people like oh well what if i don't know the rules like is there an official place i can go to for that but if there is a video that at least gives you most of the questions you'd have answered you know that's i think that's yeah smart. exactly yeah well thanks so much for having me absolutely of course. yeah of course uh, w hopefully uh, we can you know, get together for a game uh, of Weird Roots sometime with you, Bop Bop. That'd be so fun. If you ever, uh, if you guys ever, bring Jake too. If you guys ever want to be the the other three on the Weird Root table, and we'll come up with our own or your own version of what you think is weird, and we'll just do it. <laughs> yeah, heck yeah, we'll that's fun. yeah. You can mark us down for that. That sounds awesome. <laughs> All right, <laughs> sounds great. Bop Bop, we're closing this thing out like we always do. Weird.